1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support
0: WrestleTalk.
1: Give us a subscribe.
2: Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J
3: Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it. Bro, Support Olive. Support Luke. Support Russell Talk. Support Talk. Home of Luke Owen, Whatever Russell Talk is and whoever Luke Owen is. Support
0: the
2: Ravens. Nevermore. Russell Talk, now live. WWE are planning reactionary changes to record low ratings hello i am adam Blondepier with the most pa filling in for luke owen who is moving house today and i am joined by the hardest woman in wrestling youtube hollywood denise the hammer salcedo Welcome to the what show. What
4: an introduction. I love your introduction. <laughs> <Do> you have, <laughs> I mean, Luke that you guys are up for, I don't know whose who's introduction I like more. I can't decide.
2: Wow. Oh, I, I guess infighting within the boys. She's sewing it already. You like to see it. Have you picked up any more gimmicks since, uh, since we last uh, spoke on one of these shows?
4: No, I don't think so. I think my gimmicks have all remained the same.
2: Ah, okay. Uh, so... We're talking about record low rate. Oh, actually, no. Before we talk about that, why do you hate Christmas?
4: Oh, (laughs) we're starting off with that, really? We're starting off with that. Yeah, Um, we're starting off with
2: that because it's it's Christmas. (laughs) I can't put it over my headphones. It's Christmas. It
4: blew up, Adam, it blew up. I just said Christmas was overrated. And now I'm the Grinch. I don't know how it happened. But it happened. And now I just have to live with it. And it's part of my life now. And it is what it is.
2: You tried to kid me that you didn't have any extra gimmicks. But the biggest gimmick of all is that you hate Christmas. And what it's a heel,
4: too, Because so this is the first year that my family and I were not putting up any Christmas tree, we don't have any Christmas decorations, and we usually do, but we, my grandma bought a bunch of new furniture, and she's like, I don't really want to move stuff around, I'm not really in the mood, and I was like, yeah, me either, so we just decided not to do any Christmas, uh, like, uh, decorations, and it's just so weird how it sort of fell in while I'm doing this whole thing with Christmas on the internet.
2: <laughs> wow, live the gimmick, brother.
4: Yes, there is So,
2: We're talking about uh, record low WWE ratings. Now, uh, one of the things we should obviously point out. So, uh, what we know is that Raw did a very, 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 very low rating of 1.5 million people uh, on Monday. Um, The AEW before that beat them in their key demo, of course. Everyone's been talking about the demo of, I believe it's. 20 something to 40 something uh, I'm not as up with my facts as Luke but the important thing is um everyone in WWE is apparently freaking out about this it's important to say obviously to the people watching this I hope this is that break aew did not quite manage to keep that momentum going with the most recent show but eclipsing WWE is a big deal for WWE. That it's a a ceremonial victory, but one that. It's apparently been seen as, according to Dave Meltzer, a wake-up call for WWE. Everyone I know in WWE was stunned, and everyone I know in WWE got the message too. It's just what you do with the message. There are lots of issues at stake. And WrestleVotes has reported, talking to a source just now who said the record low rating news isn't sitting well with those in power to a point where they expect some reactionary decisions to be Made now. I don't know if you know this about me, Denise, but one of my gimmicks is I'm a little bit of a fantasy booker, so I oh, thought I knew,
4: I knew that I knew <laughs> that one. I think that's like basic 101 Adam knowledge.
2: So I thought what might be a little bit fun is not only just kind of like talk about um whether or not WWE should be reacting uh, violently, but also considering over the years we've had. The wild card rule. We've had Raw Underground. We've had this, that, and the other in order to. Retribution.
4: Retribution.
2: Yeah. Of course. Uh, so, all of these things to happen to combat low ratings, none of which have stuck. Uh, just a little idea of maybe predicting what it is that WWE is going to do because I'm not sure. And honestly, I cannot wait for next Monday. Who knows what's going to happen? Shane McMahon might just bring a gun to Raw. Uh, like We just don't we don't you know. know.
4: In this climate, it might not even work. I think people would be like freaking out about it. Like, what the heck? Why are you promoting guns on television? We are anti-guns over here. And then other people are going to be like, no, we're pro-guns. And I could just see that becoming a total mess, Adam. But I like this, though, because I, I have something. I mean, it's not very specific. And I know you're the king of booking. And I'm not like a queen of booking whatsoever. But I think that we're going to be seeing some something happen at TLC. Now, I don't know exactly what, but I have a feeling that if anything goes down, if they're going to try to make any sort of drastic change, it's either going to it's going to have to happen at TLC in order to promote Monday to try and boost those Monday numbers. So my theory is either like a and these aren't I'm not saying that these are like the best options. This is just what I think that they're going to do. Either a they're going to probably give the title to AJ somehow somewhere down the line. Oh, wow. Or B, they're going to have Goldberg, for, specifically for specifically for TLC, they're going to have Goldberg come out. and it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> yes, I don't know.
2: Helicopter Goldberg in to save WWE like he did at Super Showdown.
4: See, this is what I meant, okay? I don't know if it's a great idea, but I just feel I'm trying to get into like their brain, you know, and I'm trying to think here what can be done or what they might do. I don't know. But Mm. I feel like if anything, though, TLC is probably going to even be left off with a cliffhanger, which, you know, I'm not personally a fan of cliffhangers, but I do think we might see something similar to that play out in TLC?
2: Yeah, so we're talking about a lot about um, who maybe returns. Obviously there is a big rumored return uh, for TLC in the form of uh, Charlotte uh, being Askers partner. I mean, like, that is that enough to kind of put the huge spotlight on Monday Night Raw? No, you need an Undertaker, don't you? Or you need a Goldberg or a Stone Cold Steve Austin or a Ric Flair to maybe w- welcome his daughter back. But like, realistically, what do you do, like, to write this ship? I mean, like, obviously, I. It's it's a big narrative that a lot of people are playing up because it's fun. AEW beating WWE is a super fun narrative, especially considering how complacent and how repetitive uh, WWE programming is. But realistically, like, do you want to see a huge overreaction from WWE about this, or do you want them to? Like I mean, obviously, like they're gonna they, if they do something big, big is always fun, you know. Raw Underground was a big load of nonsense, but it was fun to talk about, especially for us. Retribution when Slapjack first <laughs> debuted—that's a lot of fun for us to talk about. But ultimately, like, is there anything that WWE can do in this that no fans? What one of the worst periods of wrestling ever? To as a fan, personally. Like, is there anything WWE can do to write the shit without completely sinking their own product?
4: So here's the thing is that you mentioned like, oh, doing something big, something grand. That's fine and dandy, but you just can't have something be done for like one night's pop only and then have nothing else to follow up for it either the next week or even the weeks after that. So think about it. Raw is a three hour show. You can't just thrive off of one thing. It's got to be more things that need to be done. Like, let's say they do something shocking at TLC. Okay, great. That might be fine and dandy, but it's got to be the whole show that needs to be worked on. And there's several things that they need to do in order for – in order for Raw to start getting interesting. And some of them are definitely, you know, people are so over and done with, you know, the DQ finishes. though, all of those, you know, no, non-clean finishes, 50-50 booking, people are not into that anymore because, or haven't been into that because it's not something that gets you excited. It's like, why am I going to care about this if this person's going to lose this week, win next week, or whatever the case may be. This, this match didn't even matter because it ended in some crazy random finish that no one really cares about. So they need to work on that. Two, focusing on, you know, creating stars, that's always been the thing they need to have, you know, they need to have young stars, they need to have new stars, they need to have larger than life stars, people that are your, you know, your john Cena's. as your I know, I know, this is kind of, you know, reaching, but you know, try to find your next stone colds or your next the rocks, you know, those types of people, we need those people as well. Three, I don't think things should be kept so so formulaic, whereas we know the routine, let's say somebody hot off the Indies, they get signed to WWE, what are they go they go to NXT and then you know we see them have some great matches at NXT you wonder when they're going to be called up to the main roster then they get called up to the main roster okay that's the process i think that they should do more of hey let's say for example they were to sign somebody and this is just an example they sign somebody don't bring them in just to nxt you know what maybe bring them into the main roster get it excited let us let us see you know a new star being formed right in front of our eyes so maybe break the pattern up a little bit um for focusing on the women in terms of giving them the respect that they deserve asuka she hasn't done anything as champion. And this is obviously not a shot at Oscar whatsoever. It's just the fact that nothing has been done with her. That's something that they need to do. They need to actually have a stronger women's division they have the talent they just need to actually drive it in the right direction similar with what they're doing with nxt has been good and just creative creative storylines things that are interesting that are not so you know goofy stuff that are more serious you know or more believable per se and those are just some of the you know few things that i think need to be done to consistently drive the show. And that's something that we're seeing on SmackDown that we're seeing, you know, with Roman reigns and everything. That's something that's driving the show. We need something like that on raw.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the problem with Raw especially is it's just so interchangeable. You don't have to watch it every week because you're going to see the same stuff every week. You're going to see The Hurt Business versus Ricochet, et cetera. You're going to see Lana you know, versus Nia Jax. You're going to see the exact same matches being t- like Apollo Crews, you know, versus The Hurt Business. You know, Retribution versus The Hurt Business. You're going to see like the same people having the same uh, things over and over again. Um that like it's there's i don't think there is a thing you can do to magically fix this number this is a slow steady process until eventually the first time you have a live a, a raw with the live crowd again that's going to be huge no matter what happens the first raw with a live crowd is going to be huge water cooler telly so you just have to basically now just kind of grit your teeth bear the fact that yeah you've sown b- some bad seeds they're coming to bad fruit and you have to just try and harvest those out and just set some stuff like you know vary up your weekly programming like you say invest in some new stars why isn't Keith Lee a much bigger deal than he is you know um you got to just kind of like plant those things so that eventually when, you know, in hopefully the first half of 2021, you can get back to something that regularly, you know, resembles the programming that you used to do, that you were in a stronger position with a, a bigger wealth, a bigger depth of talent, because that is the kind of the key thing here is like the talent, you know, that we know the talent's there, but the talent are doing the same thing over and over again. So every single division feels stale. So all they can do in order to freshen it up is either title changes, a big return, or like you said, yeah, Goldberg. Or, you know, the thing they do every time, which is go to the ring with a microphone and say, we're listening to you. Oh, we've got the message this time. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. We're going to introduce this new rule where Shane McMahon gets to bring a gun to Monday Night Raw and he gets to fire at one superstar every week. And it might be from SmackDown. You never know. Or we're going to bring up half of NXT. Doesn't matter what their storylines are.
4: I feel like you're really shipping that gun (laughs) storyline. Watch it happen. Watch it happen.
2: I don't know. I don't know why. I just like the idea of Shane McMahon just kind of ever evolving his fight club idea to the point where
4: such, he has so it's funny because he has like such a dad vibes because he you know obviously he's a dad he's a family man so i can't even imagine him of all people coming in with a gun and then the way he dances <laughs> i don't think his entrance and all i don't think i trust the man with a gun when he's moving uh, that way
2: <laughs> Can
1: yeah,
4: you imagine that? oh that
1: they definitely got some
4: the ratings there
2: <laughs> <He's> <laughs> shucking and diving and shooting and anyway <laughs> <laughs> yes i think uh, ww raw are in a a difficult old spot um a, a spot that i think they deserve to be in it's not as drastic as i think a lot of people saying, but it should be seen as a wake-up call but the wake-up call is simply i think yeah change your creative process do not Don't get lazy but there you go like that's the thing like If anything, I think what fans are so jubilant about this, because I don't think anyone really wants Raw to not succeed. I don't think anyone really wants WWE to do badly. Like We we are all ostensibly fans of wrestling. We want wrestling to do well. I think what a lot of people are very happy about is uh, increased competition is better for the wrestlers. Uh, Dave Meltzer pointed that out, you know, like with all the wrestlers with their contracts coming up, increased competition, so much better for them. It means they can, you know, do better with their negotiations. And also, yeah, like WWE has needed something like this for 20 years. um It's needed some, someone to actually be clipping at its heels. It needs someone to actually be taking shots at it that don't just feel like kind of petty repetitions of the past like tna used to do with their monday night wars they need legitimate competition and the fact that AEW is just stepping closer and closer and closer to legitimate competition it's uh yeah it I, it could be as dave Meltzer said the wake-up call the wwe needs yeah
4: and and then just to add oh sorry just to add to it like not only does it help the wrestlers but it helps like even just like people like us it helps people like the it helps the fans obviously stay interested and then it helps people like us because then our numbers go up too like every time wrestling is good i see such a pretty number on like our podcast (laughs) views and then when nothing good is happening like It's just mediocre views.
2: Won't someone please think of the YouTubers?
4: (laughs) Thank you. Think of nobody ever thinks of the YouTubers, okay? (laughs) This is our livelihood, okay?
2: Please, sir, I want some more. Give us some views. A lowly scrap from your table. (laughs) Please like and subscribe. Please like us. Please, we're ever so nice. Please.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The life of a YouTuber, man. It's a hard
1: one.
2: Oh, hells yeah. So we're going to jump into our mailbag. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, messages uh, from uh, our fans over at uh, patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. First of all, this is that guy who wants to support us. Hello there, Team Danuk. Here's a small, well, uh, here's a small and simple question. Dinadam? Dinadam? Let's call it Dinadam. Dinadam.
4: Adam Or what about, no, wait, Adnees.
2: I mean that that's clear. I like it. Ad niece. Ad niece. Ad niece.
4: Because I feel denatum. dan Damn. Din-ad-um. I could damn. be damn. <laughs> <laughs> damn. damn.
2: Damn. Damn. Team Damn. We'll take it. No gimmick infringement from us, Ron Simmons. Uh, hello there, Team <laughs> Dam. Uh, here's a small and simple question. Do you have any guilty pleasure wrestling gimmicks? A terrible gimmick that you still love? For me, I have a nostalgic love for the boogeyman, a crap gimmick, but I was eight at the time and thought he was the scariest thing ever. Also, for some reason, I've always loved pirate Paul Burchill, as dumb as it was. Do you have anything? Also, as a Jewish person listening to today's talking about Christmas and knowing myself in holidays, I would probably also be a Grinch.
4: Thank you. I'm not alone. Do you have any? I like the ones that he brought up, except for the boogeyman, because he grossed me out all the time with those worms or worms, 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 (laughs) worms. That always happens to me every time. Worm,
2: worms, (laughs) worms, 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 worms.
4: (laughs) My brain is shot. Um, (laughs) Okay. I liked the Paul Birchall, like the pirate thing, because I had a pirate obsession, but Mm. you know who else I liked? And it was the vampire thing with Shelly Martinez
2: oh yeah i do remember that one
4: i used to want to be her so bad so bad i wanted to be shelly
2: oh i'm just trying to think of my like the kind of the because there are loads of guilty pleasure gimmicks from the attitude era like uh i remember for some reason i was just a huge fan of billy gunn uh like but specifically, like the an Mr- ass
4: man adam
2: this <laughs> the, the Mr. ass gimmick like i don't know why i just thought that was really really funny because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a stupid kid. He loves to love him he loves to stick him uh, so yeah i'm gonna go with mr like genuinely like even when he became the one billy gunn with his, with the earring and the gold pants like i don't know i just always had a soft spot for for billy gunn uh so i guess that's a a, a terror a terrible kid um
4: with the little song
2: too <laughs> the, the little song The little uh, song uh, so, Chris says hi, uh, Luke and Denise. Uh, my question is: With SmackDown falling on Christmas Eve, would you keep the show as it is, or do something different, like NXT does Halloween Havoc, for example? Personally, I'd love them. I'd love for them to do a mini pay per view, and wanted to see if you guys would as well. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Now, Denise, I will like. I like Christmas. I like Christmas a lot, and I like Christmas especially uh, this year because uh, I don't get to go home. I don't get to go home and see my new puppy. <laughs> Literally, my parents... Wait, you
4: get to go home, or you don't get to go I home.
2: Don't get to go home. My parents have a brand new puppy. Literally, oh, I have a
4: puppy. I'm planning on kidnapping it. So, no. uh, so uh,
2: this is Ruby.
4: <laughs> She's so cute. That's She's my so dream cute. puppy.
2: Yeah, she's a little Cavapoo. And it, my parents literally just got her. She's less than six months old. And I have a new nephew, which I probably should oh. have led with. Uh, but I have, I have both-
4: you mentioned the dog first.
2: Dog, look, the dog's going to grow up quicker. Like he'll be a baby forever. Uh, whereas the Cavapoo is going to be like a proper dog when I, I see I, I'm going to miss the whole puppy face. Anyway, so we're not going to get to go home this year. Uh, so we've properly done out the place and we've got like the tree up and we've got Bublé on every waking second because we're desperately trying to feel some form of festivity but i hate christmas in my wrestling i hate christmas in my wrestling. like any miracle on 34th street fight nonsense the time that alberto Del rio hit santa with the car i hate christmas in my wrestling i like i'm a proper grinch for it G- genuinely any seasonal wrestling i find a bit naff I don't know how you feel, but I would love for them to just do a straight lace. Just like, no, we're not mentioning Christmas. I don't care. We're not. I know they're not going to do that. Mick Foley will be there ill-advisedly. And I, he'll whomp someone with a with his sack. But like, I just, I, I loathe it. It's one of my pet peeves is seasonal gimmick bollocks I <laughs> don't
4: know, blame cheapo. you though. I don't blame you because if you're gonna do something like that, it might as well be really funny instead of like what it usually is, like just goofy nonsense stuff. But by the way, you mentioned McFoley. Did you ever read uh his children's book, McFoley's Christmas Carol? Forgot what? Oh my gosh, I forgot the name of the book. But it was my favorite book as a kid. It was the best book ever. It was the last time I had Christmas spirit.
2: Oh wait! Did he, Mick Foley, killed off your Christmas? No, afterwards.
4: No, like afterwards. Once I stopped reading the book, but but anyways, that is. Putting that aside, I don't mind them promoting like a big Christmas show or like making it feel like a, you know, like a special show. I don't mind it because let's face it, anything to like try to get extra viewers. You never know. Somebody might see that and be like, oh, my God, they're doing like Smackdown Christmas Lollapalooza. I don't know. I'm going to watch. There's probably some people out there that would like that. And we just don't know who those people are mean, me, either way, I'm going to be watching because, you know, got to be watching, but it's not going to make a difference for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think my least favorite one was it was like Damien Sandow when he was at. He hadn't quite done the the Mizdow stuff yet. I don't think that was quite as over as it was. He was still in this kind of dressing up phase and it was a ghost. It was like the it was called the Battle for Christmas, I think. And it was Mark Henry versus and he was the good Santa versus Damien Sandow, who was the evil Santa. Uh, and and you knew that he was the evil Santa because he came out in a dirty beard and like really gross, like kind of dirty Santa outfit. I was just like, I, I I just hate this kindergarten bollocks. <laughs> anyway, like, like onto happier things. Like what's the McFoley book about?
4: Oh man. Okay, so from what I remember, it's just I. Oh my god. Okay, I just remember it involves a bunch of wrestlers. Uh, I haven't read the book in years. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. But I just know that it has like a bunch of wrestlers. The illustrations are fantastic. I think did Jerry Lawler might have done the inch, the inch, the oh, he's a really illustrations. Good I think for that book, and then uh, somebody pees their pants. I think I forget who, but I feel like I remember that. <laughs> and then that's it. That's all I remember. But it's like this beautiful story. I just don't remember the story. It's been it's a, years. It's a beautiful <laughs> it's been years. story.
2: Someone pisses themselves, you know, like baby Jesus did. On I'm Christmas.
4: pretty sure. Great. I'm gonna re-buy the book. You know what? I'm gonna go on Amazon and I'm gonna re-buy the book. I'm gonna rebuy the book.
2: Buy something that's good that's to do with Christmas. Don't... I'm gonna do w- a story
4: time on YouTube. I'm just gonna come <laughs> up and read the book to everybody. It <laughs> was the great. night
2: before Christmas. All right. Uh okay. Uh, Tattoo Koopman says, Hey Luke Warman, Hollywood Salcedo. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. And thankfully, we've had zero cases here for almost. 40 days. Oh, you sods. After our second wave sent us into four months of hard lockdown, I'm now so stoked to say that indie promotions will begin here again in January. Uh, And Melbourne City Wrestling is back in February. Three of the top uh, MCW stars have recently signed with ROH, but I selfishly hope uh, with travel restrictions, they'll still be around for the first show back. My question is, as an indie promotion that's been on hiatus for basically a whole year, would you do a hard reset of storylines Or would you pick up where storylines pause? And if you were a wrestler, would you risk resetting your character over the break? Listening to wrestlers interview during lockdown, they've all said they've worked on or lent into their gimmicks even more, but it's an interesting thought. That is an interesting question.
4: It's simple, Uh, hard reset, start all over. New new storylines. And if the wrestler has a new character, do it. Do uh, it.
2: That's the the thing, is like the... The appetite for live wrestling after so long is going to be for at least for at least a small amount of time is going to be fever, fever pitch. So what you want to do is, yeah, you want to hit like the ground running, Like, like even from independent right up to top level WWE. The first show back with fans matters. It really, really matters. Not just in this kind of feel good. Here we are again. We are able to be here again but also just like what it means for the business because it'd be this slow and steady, hopefully crawling back to some semblance of, you know, fans being excited about wrestling again. Um, So yeah, well, you have to acknowledge that. You have to acknowledge like that we're we're back. You have to acknowledge that it can't just be just like, okay, so you remember that thing that happened at the cliffhanger to the last episode, right? We're just going to pick that up again because like, that's the thing is we've all we we've all been through too much for that
4: oh Uh, yeah like i can't even because i did ring announcing like before you know all of this i was doing a lot of ring announcing i don't even remember the last show i ring announced so you're expecting people to remember all the storylines from some show that they watch from god knows when you know people are not going to remember that i remember some stuff
2: I I will I will say I really hope that across like the country a couple like indie promotions someone who would like cut a heel promo on the last live show they did comes back and basically cuts like into, like as if they've been cutting the same promo for a year like as I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted.
4: <laughs> That'd be pretty clever
2: because <laughs> that's the thing is like yeah I think there's there's you've got to you've got to play with the fact that for you know, if you're not WWE or Impact or um you know. Uh, AEW, w you've had a year away um you and what does that mean for your roster you know like you I th- yeah you have you have to address it but honestly like it's it after a, a curse of a year this can be a blessing because the first live show back is everyone is just going to be so happy to see you it's li- literally the easiest book show you have ever done put on some matches with some people yeah, that you know the people like it's it'll people be the best show you've ever had yeah exactly um Uh, Dre Smith says, hello, Mr. Lukewarm Luke Owen and Ms. Hollywood Salcedo. Uh, I was just wanting to know if you think because of the faction warfare that goes on in AEW, that Sting himself will be a leader of his own faction.
4: I think that right now it's still too early to tell. I feel like they're definitely obviously what they're teasing with everything that's going on with Darby. We still don't know what's going on with Darby. The line. Nothing's really been made clear just yet. Um, Then obviously he's going to go into doing something with Cody. We don't know if that's going to happen right away or if they're going to really tease that for a long time. I don't know. Personally, I don't think I really see right now. I don't want to see him in a stable. But I think down the line it will have to happen. Like he said, he signed a multi year deal with AEW. So obviously things are going to be changing later on down the line. But right now, I don't see it happening very early on.
2: Mm, absolutely. I, like I think because what, what this thing the, the, this thing that we've seen in AEW is very much wcw sting like that is that's the big kind of selling point of this thing this is not like he's here from tna's hall of fame that's not the way they've been selling it you know they it, it's about the history of sting you know his history with tony Schiavone, his history with the roads um it's it's wcw sting you know on tnt for example um so wcw sting like obviously like yes he was part of nwo uh wolf of course but what made sting his kind of the most iconic was him as a loner almost like a peacekeeper someone who embodies the spirit of the promotion that he's in so like like yeah i, I don't want him to do a rerun of sting of course you know like it, that would be an incredibly you know wwe thing to do just have Doug sting come out and doing the same thing every time but that is his kind of that's his legacy, really, I think, is especially early on is that he comes out and he's sort of the difference maker. Like um,
4: you have to stay true to who he is. Like you can do new things, but still stay true to who the core character of Sting is.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think like at some point, yeah, like battle lines are being drawn and I, I find it really intriguing like just a Darby. Yeah, Darby Allen's sort of expressionless face. I I mean, personally, I'm pulling for a, you know, Ill- illegitimate son angle. That's what I'm, that's what I'm pulling for.
4: Oh I'm, no.
2: WWE paternity test.
4: No, God, no, that would be terrible. I don't think I'm <laughs> into that. I'm not into the whole family. Bing comes out with stuff. his with
2: half makeup on instead and they, they play catch together. Uh, oh no! He because yeah, he, he basically gives the bat to Darby Allen, and, and throws he gets a, a little bat. It's a li- a and little tiny
4: little those t-ball ones that you, the little kids play t-ball with.
2: Darby Allen teaches ski- Sting how to skateboard. Cowabunga, dude! C- can you not see the ratings here, Denise? I can't be the only. No,
4: I'm anti this. I'm completely <laughs> anti this.
2: You are such a grinch. What Although
4: I would like you? to see the little bat, though. I'm all for the little bat. <laughs>
2: yeah i i think um there there seems to be a like line to being shown up obviously you, you got the dark order you got taz's stable thinking about it
4: i think so it? I, I visualized him like coming down from the rafters but with like you know those little baby things that parents use where they put their little babies in <laughs> <laughs> with darby and the little baby thing i don't know like not like a kangaroo because they have the ones for the front and the back
2: Just just there, just like kicking his little legs.
4: You see, why'd you do this? Now my imagination is just like running off in different directions.
2: Don't you talk to me or my son ever again, says Sting. <laughs> 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 oh, you watch in six months' time when this is actually the storyline. We'll come back and point at this and demand the views and the recompense that we are rightfully owed. Uh, Jonathan, the headmaster, headman says, "Good, appropriate time of day." Team Danute, quick couple of things. First, to clarify, uh, don't think Rachel is bad for going back to work. It's for the fact that she hasn't changed a diaper in that time. Uh, second, what's your stance on Cheers and Fraser? Uh, next week, I'll have a question on that uh i'm not entirely sure what the rachel stuff is is that from a previous show
4: sometimes we talk about friends on here but essentially uh i haven't seen cheers and i haven't seen Frasier. Oh, that yeah.
2: rachel oh gotcha no, that uh, rachel.
4: you're like which rachel who's Ra- what rachel, was- rachel? Was- What's she- <laughs> shoot on shoot on i caught myself i caught myself so you wouldn't have to edit <laughs>
2: Oh, I I wouldn't. Don't worry, I'm not going to edit.
4: No, he gets (laughs) mad at me if I accidentally curse on this show.
2: Oh, he gets mad at me too, and I'm very, very bad for it. But uh, yeah, like we'll we'll see what happens. To be honest, I feel like we'll just do the last minute. We'll just curse up a storm. Screw it. Um, I when it says, I thought, uh, do you think Rachel is bad for going back to work? I'll be just like, in a pandemic, what's happening? Is Rachel someone this guy knows? No,
4: Rachel because well because she got pregnant and then went back to work no i don't think it's bad that she went back to work because we were talking about oh because luke said that he thinks rachel is the best character on friends so i think this person's just saying like hey like she was a bad person because this
2: i think rachel has like the best character arc in friends like she that's goes
4: exactly she- what luke said yes it's exactly what he said
2: She's not the best person, though. Chandler's the best person. Like, Chandler, tw- like, literally...
4: We all have different opinions on this.
2: In the last six episodes, in the last six seasons of uh, of Friends, literally, like, there's only one friend who is consistently doing nice things for others, and it's Chandler doing nice things for Monica. It appears, like, genuinely, especially in, like, the last, like, two seasons, literally, they're, they're all terrible people, apart from Chandler, who just does no, endlessly nice...
4: I think nice is the nicest person. Joey? Yes, he's so nice. He's nice to everybody and things that nobody's ever nice to him.
2: Joey doesn't share food.
4: Yeah, but that's okay. Who wants to share food? Oh. But who's your favorite character in Friends? Uh,
2: my favorite character is, yeah, my favorite character is Chandler, not least because, like, when, so when I first watched Friends, right, I was like a little, like, kind of little kind of 10 year old going into a teenager. And, it's, it's bad for you. No one should ever want to be like that. But I wanted to be like Chandler so much. I wanted to have a cool, funny thing to say after my friend. You know, my friends would come into the room and they would say, here's what I'm doing with my day. And I would say, yeah, more like da-da-da-da-da-da-da uh it turns out it makes you super unlikable so i had to stop do- stop doing that because if you if you do if you do try to do friends in real life you just become a sardonic uh, it, doesn't work, uh, yeah, it doesn't work yeah no uh but Chand- Chandler was always my favorite uh how about you
4: okay so yours is chandler luke's is rachel can you guess mine
2: oh is yours joey no phoebe
4: no you're way off monica No, it's Ross. It's
2: Ross, the worst of the friends.
4: I love Ross. I think Ross is just so, he's just so funny. He's he's (laughs) the funniest one. He's the most relatable one because things always go wrong in his life. And then he always just like loses his mind. And I feel like that's me. Like everything goes wrong in my life and then I just lose my mind. So I feel like I have a connection to him. And then after Ross, it's Monica because Monica's like a perfectionist. She's like super organized and she's kind of boring. But to me, she's like a lot of fun. So it's Ross, Monica, and then Rachel, who are my favorites. And then afterwards, it's Chandler, Phoebe, and then Joey's actually my least favorite.
2: Oh, wow. Damn. A quick, like <laughs> 180 degree turnaround on Joey.
4: He's the nicest one, though. I, I genuinely think he's the nicest one.
2: But you hate nice.
4: I hate nice. Nobody likes nice
2: uh so i (laughs) um i so i I get it with monica i completely get it with monica rules help control the fun might as well be on my kind of coat of arms of my family um like i when it comes to like teaching board games like genuinely like i get super into it i'm mega competitive i get really annoyed if people don't follow and you don't
4: like monopoly
2: who does who does Denise if you're about to tell me you no no Denise why are you so wrong about everything you just hate my opinions on everything i it turns out i might hate you denise and i'm really <laughs> sorry i
4: you're you you won't be the first or no, the last
2: <laughs> no indeed indeed not um just to, just to kind of finish off your question jonathan hedman love frasier uh, frasier is for me like I I am waiting for it to come onto UK Netflix because I really want to go back and rewatch the whole thing again. Uh for me that's comfort telly is Frasier and not least because I've got a posh voice and I I'd like to think of myself as uh re- having some refined taste in comedy. Uh but also like genuinely like uh, it's 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 bloody lovely stuff. It's like some of the best acting in sitcoms, some of the best farce in sitcoms like the first four seasons of Frasier are lightning in a bottle, wonderful and and like emotional, like some of the best characters in sitcom history. Genuinely, Frasier is, is up there for being one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. I recommend. I'm going to
4: watch it after I'm done with Seinfeld. I'm still I'm on season seven. I'm somewhere in season seven of Seinfeld.
2: Seinfeld's good. I didn't see the last season of Seinfeld because I heard it ended badly. But like up until then, Sein- like, yeah, Seinfeld's choice is so so good the contest is one of my favorite episodes oh yeah i got uh, yeah. to that
4: one i got to that one so yeah <clears after throat> time fell down to
2: awesome uh chris gardner says uh hey denise and temporary luke replacement hello uh i just started a new job so my status as a pledge ham is once again secure fantastic uh this money, does money I- money 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 <laughs> what's an what an objectionable person you are to face. what when you,
4: when you think about that
2: <laughs> bang 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 in the air shame Shane's got a gun uh I've just signed you to my, my pledge hammer is once again secure this does mean I'll need you more than ever to keep me informed so I'll have less time to watch stuff so thanks in advance for that so to the question of the current wrestling babies uh both parents have to be wrestlers uh retired wrestlers and they can't have already uh wrestled a professional match oh of all the wrestling babies who's gonna uh, who hasn't already wrestled a professional match so maxwell's out uh who do you think is going to have the biggest wrestling career at least a couple of them will end up wrestling based on how many second and third generation wrestlers there are now so who which of the current crop of of uh, wrestling babies do you think is going to have the best wrestling career
4: so we're talking about babies that are like alive already, right? Or like potential babies. I think
2: any any baby that is an official baby. So like it's been announced as like Oh, the- okay,
4: cuz I was very confused. I was like are we talking like young like wrestlers that are already training that have parents in wrestling, you know, like your Dominics? Or are we talking like babies babies like your Becky Lynch baby? <laughs>
2: Yeah, we're not That's talking about. Question. We're not talking about your gigantic six-foot baby that is Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> t-
4: I was very confused. I was like, "Are we talking about like young guys that are have parents that are wrestlers that are still, you know, getting there? Like, or yeah, like I said, baby babies."
2: I think baby 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 babies. I think we're talking then- about like is Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins's baby gonna be more successful than John Moxley and Renee Paquette's baby?
4: i don't um, know i can't decide i feel like babies are like they're all gonna be so different you know
2: i think the pressure on cody rhodes baby like the grand like the yes. great the great grandson of a plumber like that there's like if you t- if, if that baby does not go in to wrestling cody is going to be so upset
4: you know what? I th- I think I agree with you on that one because it's like he- he's got he's got some pressure. He's got some stuff to live up to, for sure. Yeah.
2: I-, I love that we're just assuming that it's going to be a boy just because like there's something about the Rhodes lineage that just dictates it's going to be. Well, like,
4: let's see. Renee's having a girl. Becky had a girl. So we're, maybe we're due for a boy?
2: That <laughs> Not that that makes
4: any sense because they're all that, different families. That,
2: that's how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think like... I think of all of them like i would not be surprised if daniel bryan's kids just know nowhere near i i like birdie just completely bypasses wrestling like i I think like of all of all the parents who's going to be most like you need to follow in my footsteps because like becky lynch obviously being one of the defining female stars of her generation that's quite a bit of pressure especially if she's had a girl. Um, Whereas Daniel Bryan would be just like, maybe wrestling sucks. Don't do what I did. I'm getting out. Just like, let's live on a farm and be an environmental lawyer, Birdie.
4: (laughs) Birdie has options. Her mom's like, you know, does everything. So they have options.
2: Yeah, exactly so. Uh, But I'm going to throw my weight behind the Rhodes, the Rhodes progeny. Going to have to, got a lot to live up to.
4: You're going to root hard for that baby.
2: I'm rooting for that baby. Uh, (laughs) I stand. stand, I'm rooting
4: for Dominic, the giant already long-lived baby.
2: Maybe that's what they're going to do on Monday. (laughs) I
4: can't believe I completely misunderstood the question.
2: Look, I'm sure Dominic is Rey Mysterio's, you know, baby. I'm sure.
4: Not because isn't, wait, isn't he older than Aaliyah?
2: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: He's not even the baby in that sense.
2: <laughs> well, like he's already lost a Leah to uh, to Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Not one, not Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, but Buddy Murphy now. So yeah. maybe he's just gonna throw all of his love behind Dominic, his gigantic son. Um, let's see. Oh, there was a PS. PS we uh, Denise. This is an interesting point, Denise, and you have to take this point on its value. Uh, you were so excited to give Luke his gift last week. How can you not love Christmas? It's a holiday designed to give gifts.
4: Well, I just liked it because I'm... See, here's the thing, Adam, is that I've come to realize that Luke and I live very different lives, literally, just because we're on different places on this earth. We are so different and have different life experiences. So for me, it was very exciting to see that something that's so normal to me so every day was completely like out of like, it was completely new to Luke. So it blew my mind. And I think that's why I was excited. So maybe not because it's like Christmas giving type of stuff. It's more of the fact that it was just like crazy to me that it was just crazy. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It was just like, when something's the same thing for you every single day it is so different to somebody else. It's mind blowing.
2: So can I just clarify, the thing that was crazy was that he hadn't had fiery hot Cheetos?
4: No, all of it. So I gave him a whole box. of like a bunch of all my favorite candies, all of them.
2: Oh, uh, go go on. What are your favorite? What are your favorite candies that were in the box? Because I actually I haven't seen uh, I've seen Luke uh, with the the stuff on his hands. I think he was having the fiery hot Cheetos. But well, having
4: the hot Cheetos with lemon. Uh, Okay, so my favorite ones that I can't wait for him to try are the airheads. What's an airhead see what i mean like this is mind-blowing for me (laughs) these are my everyday candy so like airheads are like i don't know these things and they're like this and then they come in different flavors and what what what, what does that mean what does that mean is that chocolate bar
2: is that licorice
4: stick what are you
2: talking about i don't know how to describe it okay an ice cream sandwich
4: no there it looks like a tongue what it looks like a plastic tongue, but they're delicious. I don't know how to explain it. All right. You're going to have to watch Luke's review of this. Okay. And then trolleys, which apparently everybody in the comments section are saying that it wasn't an American candy. It's actually a German candy, but it's really popular here in the United States. And it's my favorite candy. So the airheads, the trolleys and the masapanes, which are Mexican candy. So I also sent him Mexican candy, too. So the masapanes are the three. Those are the three candies that like I can't wait for him to like try
2: what's your opinion uh because this is something like since we talked about kind of like hot candy i think that got that conversation going what's your opinion on chili and chocolate
4: i don't think i've had chili and chocolate have i had chili and chocolate i feel like i might have like something that was no i don't think i've had it
2: oh it's it's a it's a revelation denise and uh do you do you like do you like the spice
4: see well what do you okay I need, like, specific items here because I don't like pumpkin spice. I hate pumpkin spice. Like, anything pumpkin spice, I don't like.
2: Do you like heat? Just, just like, generally, like, but heat I love in hot your... Stuff. Hot stuff. Okay, great. Yeah, like, uh, I
4: love hot stuff. Like, in general, hot stuff, like hot chips. Like, I, you know, salsa. Like, I have salsa, like, almost, like, no, not every day, but at least a couple of times a week, you know. I have my salsa. So, I'm very into, like, hot foods.
2: Mm, well, Yeah. Uh, if you can find yeah track down some chocolate with chili in it because the heat you don't think it's going to work but it absolutely does it's it's so weird it's such a weird kind of combination of flavors you don't you just don't think about it but yeah it's it's really really nice
4: oh now i have to try it
2: you should
4: i'll find i'll try to see what i can find i don't know what's available
2: Uh so Marcus Soul Campbell says Merry Christmas to the whole Wrestle Talk team and even to the Christmas Grinch Denise have either of you listened to the newest Gorillas album yet and what do you think of it what is your favorite song off the album for me it's between The Pink Phantom and Valley of the pagans and also what's your favorite Gorillas song going to have to completely hold my hands up I have not heard it uh, I I'm a fan of Gorillas like in so much as I think a lot of people are a fan of gorillas like the you know the songs that you've heard but I, I can't say i bought an album uh, I like Feel Good that's a lot of fun uh
4: for saying feel good because i was thinking this whole time what is that one gorilla song that i know and it was feel good that's the only song that i know and it annoys the hell out of me because it used to be the song and like middle school and high school and it was so overplayed i'm done with it and i don't know any other gorilla song
2: the overplayed song for our high school was by far mr brightside like i, I literally that was my upper sick that and the um do, did the darkness ever make its way over to america how did it go uh so the darkness are a band and um they would they did like i believe in a thing called love just listen to the river where my heart. no cool
4: I don't know. I'm sorry. Maybe it did, and I just, I'm not hip, and I don't know. But I love your vocals, though. I was very impressed. I don't know if I was more impressed, <laughs> by, your vo- I was more impressed by your vocals than I didn't even recognize the song. Shut up,
2: Denise. Don't you patronize no,
4: me. No, <laughs> I am. I'm not mocking you. I genuinely appreciate
2: your vocals. You have been hanging out with Sean Rossap too much, and you have perfected the art of, No! Oh, that was really good. That kind of American passive aggressive. Oh, good job.
4: Wait, is is that what you think Americans do?
2: Yes. (laughs) Is that
4: an American thing, really?
2: My partner is American. I can guarantee you that's what Americans do.
4: Oh, like, good job, sweetie. Is that really an (laughs) American thing? I
2: never realized that. Gosh, look at that. How good job. (laughs) It's just like. I know what that means. I know what it means.
4: Well, I think because like for the most part, I don't think Americans are very honest. So I think they'd rather just lie to you and tell you like, you're amazing. You're wonderful. We God love you.
2: Oh my God, thank you. I love it. For me, I love it. Uh, <laughs> did you keep the receipt? Um, so, uh, yes, feel good. <laughs> <Favorite> <laughs> song. Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, everyone at Wrestle Talk and everyone listening. Hope 2021 is a good year for all. So since this year is nearly in the books, and what a year it has been for the good and the bad, mainly the bad, I thought I would ask, what is your wacky predictions for WWE in 2021? So out of the following list, remember, be as crazy as you like. This is just a fantasy prediction. Let your imagination run free uh ps the ones in brackets are my wacky fantasy predictions. so they have predicted uh best male superstar kevin owens best female superstar sonia deville best tag team seth and roman uh best storyline seth and roman best return becky lynch shocking face turn corbin shocking heel turn mysterio family and shocking title change jeff hardy wins wwe title those are some Some of those predictions are more out there than others. But uh, Denise, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire and I'm going to ask you for your crazy 2021 predictions. Who is going to be the best male superstar of 2021?
4: I'm going to go with, I'm trying to think of the worst, or maybe I shouldn't say the worst, (laughs) or with somebody that would be completely crazy. Okay, what are we on? Male? Male. male, Right? Yeah. You know what? Since we were talking about him, I'll go with Dominic. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yes the destroyer himself uh finally uh, out of the shadows of his tidy dad uh i i like i don't know if this is a wacky prediction or not but i generally think that kenny omega is going to be the most important uh, wrestler of 20 no
4: you gotta go wacky come on you really think i think Do- dominic's gonna be it come on
2: yes denise you you gave me your honest opinion as a journalist
4: you're supposed to give an out there crazy opinion
2: all right. Not okay.
4: Something concrete. It's got to be wacky. Okay. Something you know is not going to happen.
2: Okay. All right. Well, th- uh, according to those rules, then, then, uh, I am going to say the biggest superstar of <laughs> uh, sod it. I just because I want it for Pete, John Silver. John Silver is going to rule the Dark Order. He's going to depose. Uh, um, he's going to depose Brodie Lee and rule it with an iron fist and it's going to make Chopper Pete so happy because his doppelganger is going to do so well at wrestling Uh, best female superstar
4: breakout star of the year Nia Jax
2: (laughs) (laughs) bone breaking star of the year perhaps Um, I you know what like genuinely I could see like I think this is I don't think this is going to happen but I could see it just like Vince going full force behind mandy rose like just properly and it's not not, not terrible shout she's improved a quite yeah. significant amount but i can imagine him going like kind of full 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 force behind that, either her or Carmella, who's got the the gimmick that vince's wanted uh, someone to have uh you know for years now uh best tag team seth and roman uh seth returns and joins roman in the family and becomes a team oh my god that's a wacky prediction no more shield please um best tag team
4: i'm trying to think of somebody that i could randomly just put together who would be random, Who's um, random for
2: you um for well for me like in terms of just like <laughs> Intergender tag team match put together Dominic and Leah. That's what I want.
4: Dominic and Leah? All yeah. right, I want your answer too, then. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh,
2: What's going to be the best storyline in WWE? Uh, I mean, like, i I, at this point, I kind of want to see. The AEW invasion, just because like WWE feel like they're on the ropes and AEW like that would be a like if you're talking about something that would be like the most water cooler telly, like the the biggest kind of water cooler wrestling idea that is out there right now is WWE versus AEW. So sod it, i'm gonna go with that i almost
4: I'm ashamed of you. you didn't go with your uh darby
2: Sting illegitimate sun angle <laughs> oh no you're right what am i doing i don't even have the courage of my own convictions
4: <laughs> yeah i was waiting for you to say that i was like all right he's gonna say it i'll say it
2: <laughs> that's fair i mean to be fair denise it would set the wrestling world aflame aflame uh best return got to be gilberg hasn't it because he retired this year it's a huge fake out he retired in february no 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 no. he's coming right back they bring goldberg in to write the ratings then who comes out gilberg and we finally get it we finally get the official match that's
4: gilbert goldberg that's it that's the wrestlemania that's the wrestlemania main event right there you got it um uh, I, don't, I can't think of anyone better so i'll stick with your answer too i'm just stealing all your answers by the way
2: yeah i see that i see that shocking face turn right you have to answer first denise
4: oh man hey i answered first on a few of those questions
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. best uh best face turn um who, who...
4: grant no oh no i'm not see i'm trying to think like wacky well i guess it would depend who's still like who's still a heel next year
2: say again say sorry you...
4: again i'm like can i vote Nia <laughs> <Yeah. Jack? laughs>
2: yes you can uh that is a face turn i don't think anyone would buy uh shocking i'm gonna steal that answer by the way uh shocking heel turn i tell you what i love the idea of a heel mysterio family that's so dumb i really really like it I like they did do...
4: imagine like doing La that familiar
2: Properly, like he becomes this kind of patriarch sitting on like this throne, you know, becomes like a godfather of his. I I think that would be a lot of fun.
4: Bosses Angie around. uh,
2: And shocking title change. I could absolutely see them putting the title on Lana. I absolutely could see it happening. Genuinely shock, you know, shock roll up after Asuka gets distracted by Charlotte or some nonsense. Yeah, 100% I could see it don't want to i mean we've already had leon ruff win the north american championship everything's fair game at this point what world we live in Uh, is there a shocking title change that you uh you have in mind for 2021
4: i'm not gonna steal your answer so i'm trying to think of something else that would be shocking i see but i feel like lana within itself is already shocking but what's sad is that i really feel like they could go that direction with everything that's happening right now on tv you know what they're going to give the bout to Aaliyah.
2: <laughs> Not Lana, it. it's
4: going to be Aaliyah.
2: Finally. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a race between her and Dominic to see who's going to be the first to get a title.
4: Who can get the most gold in the family to, to please the heel father who wants everything.
2: <laughs> so Stuart Fitch says, hello, everyone in the Talk community, new here. So just want to say hello and keep up with the great content. I look forward to more in 2021, and hopefully seeing some WrestleTalk patrons at some events. That's delightful. Thank you so much, Stuart. Welcome to the family. And yes, we, gosh, it would be nice to to see some some of you in person uh, when all of this is over. Uh, Owen says, hi, Denise, and the other one. The Hello. other one? <laughs> That's fine. I have two questions for you guys. One was from last week's mailbag. How do you think Bray White's career would have gone if he had stayed as Husky Harris? Do you think he would have gotten over down the line with the fans since he has such a brilliant mind? Uh, and My question from last week, do you think when Brock Lesnar retires, he'll have a place with the all-time greats? His status as a part-timer. I think he definitely puts in a, in a unique category, but he is a special attraction, really good when he wants to be, when he does wrestle. What do you guys think? First of all, Brock Lesnar is already one of the all-time greats uh he's like genuinely in terms of raw talent alone uh he's a once in a generation star in terms of his presence in terms of his size and in terms of what someone of that size can do once once in a lifetime yes he's he is already one of the all-time greats suplex city or whatever brock lesnar is a first ballot hall of famer he's amazing i wish they did occasionally more interesting stuff with him but to suggest that Brock isn't an all-time great I it seems seems like madness to me I now yes. wait for Denise to say that Brock is not an all-time great
4: no I'm a big <laughs> Brock fan so I won't even No, I love Brock Lesnar so I you said it like everything you said I completely agree with
2: and uh how do you think Bray Wright's career would have gone over if he said a Husky Harris I don't think he he would have gone I think that's the reason he didn't, you know, like it's really hard to be a lackey and to get over if you're especially when you're a part of a bigger group like the new Nexus, how, like getting out, getting out of that and becoming your own person is really, really tricky. And I think, no, you probably would have just gone the way of Curtis Axel and become like a, a henchman to someone else, someone to be jobbed out to save a pay-per-view match for the person you're henching for down the line. I don't think you would have gone over at all.
4: But you know what the interesting though thing about it is when he was Husky Harris is that even then you saw all the personality and charisma like he had potential and you could tell and it's it, considering like how he looked and how he was, you know, essentially being portrayed. You wouldn't think that just based off the way he looked if you were just judging him off of that. But you could always tell that like, he always had something and it was just a matter of, you know, really polishing it up and, you know, finding something that stuck with it. So, yeah, as Husky Harris. I would I would have said, yes, the guy has potential to be somebody bigger, but not as the Husky Harris uh, role.
2: No, absolutely. Uh, Team Hammerfist says, greetings, team Danuk, the best transatlantic wrestling podcast duo ever. Oh, uh, what are the odds of Kenny, the Good Brothers, the Bucks, and Hangman eventually pulling the old swervy swerve and forming a and reforming a version of the Bullet Club across both AEW and Impact? If you'll indulge in a little fantasy booking, I could see Omega slash Brothers and Bucks slash Hangman building towards some kind of big six-man tag, only for there to be a finger poke of Doom-style finish and the six men ride off into the sunset cackling. Also, along the way, I'd love to see Adam Page become the NWA champ. And then the stable itself could be the belt collectors. Is there a market for a Western Bullet Club reunion or are the days of Bullet Club being relevant, truly behind us? Love you always. The American dad asked Jesse long. I, I can, I can promise you the finger poke of doom is not coming.
4: Let's not do that.
2: No, especially no. now they've got sting on board. Sting will sting, sting will bludgeon to death. Anyone who suggests the finger
4: poke. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Uh, I, as, I think the idea is cool, but I prefer to see Kenny do his own thing. I don't, I feel like everybody in AEW is part of a stable, in a stable, heading towards a stable. I don't think everybody needs to be in a stable. Like people could be just their own person. So I prefer, but then again, it is, if they were to do something like this, it would be cool. But I just don't think I want it right now because, like I said, I feel like it's the stable stuff, it feels too overdone
2: yeah kenny kenny omega for me feels like a figurehead that a lot of indie like kind of promotions can really rally behind like he generally does feel like he is kind of assembling the armies uh to kind of take on the giant sauron that is wwe uh like i think the idea of him going around and, yeah becoming this belt collector becoming the most must watch person in independent wrestling uh to sort of try and raise the viewership of all of these different promotions and this kind of huge coalition like i think that's a a wonderful thing and i think he's sort of like we've already had the elite i don't think you need to see uh the bucks and page and omega back again together i feel like the days of the elite are done uh at least for now like maybe they have a big reunion at some point i certainly think the days i certainly think the days of bullet club are done Uh, if only because like that's just it belongs to a different promotion AEW like for you know for all of it's kind of like it is bringing in a lot of stars from like you know it's assembled a lot of stars from New Japan and you know some people from yesteryear it is really trying to be kind of its own product um, which is kind of you know like the elite has sort of you know it's slowly being kind of pushed to one side. You know, they are they're trying to create their own stables and their own identity. And I think Bullet Club is definitely the wrong image for that. Um I love the fact that they they are playing off history. You know, that's one thing that AEW does really well is playing off the contextual history of all of its stars, you know, and pairing up Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. That's really, really fun. And because it makes sense, because they are friends. But uh no, I don't think Bullet Club is the is the way to go. And I think you're right. I think Kenny like Kenny right now needs to be the most important single solo wrestler in like kind of alternative WWE wrestling right now. And it makes him
4: that much grander if he's out there, you know, collecting all these bouts, working with all these promotions. It just makes him feel like he's like that extra special individual.
2: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, Callum says, hey, Denise, and other person from WrestleTalk. Hello. Uh, are there any big wrestling predictions you have for, for 2021? Uh, mine is Kenny Omega turns up at Wrestle Kingdom to confront Kota Ibushi, challenging him to a match at Wrestle Kingdom the year after. So, okay, well, I've got we've done, obviously, we've done some wacky predictions. I would like one cast iron big that, prediction that you actually think is going to happen.
4: One big prediction that I think will happen. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm thinking more in terms of ratings. I think that there might be a chance that AEW gets up there. Maybe doesn't necessarily beat Raw. I mean, based on the last Raw rating that we saw, that could be a possibility, but I think that they could get very awfully close. hmm
2: i think like closer um,
4: than what they have gotten like but like in like like in a specific week though like at the same time
2: yeah like, like total viewership you mean
4: right right exactly
2: uh so mine obviously is sting and darby allen like that is definitely going to happen dwayne the gronk johnson says <laughs> uh, in, in all seriousness i think my my big i'm just going to go my big wrestling prediction. i actually think is going to happen is i think biggie is going to be the person to dethrone roman reigns that's Ooh. that's why like i don't get me wrong all of the evidence for that has vanished of recent yeah, weeks yeah like,
4: i kind of lost hope for that
2: but like for, for me like i just hope that this kind of stuff that we're seeing like a lot of people you know the wwe is starting to look like i hope that, like what you said at the beginning of this podcast is true that they look at their own roster and be just like right we need to just we need to dive we need to diversify this roster up we need to add some depth we were going to do something with Big E. Everyone responded to that positively. Let's do it. Uh, you know, because I do think it's not too late. It's not too late. Big E, like all the upside in the world, he has the kind of tenure to kind of make sense as a main eventer. You just need that moment, and I think the Rumble could genuinely be it. You know, um, it's it's the sort of thing that kind of really makes a new star. If like, a shock win, you know, because Drew wasn't a Drew in the mind's eye of the fans was not a main eventer until he won the rumble he was a upper mid card henchman who was admittedly turning face with his cool three two one gimmick but he 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 wasn't that main eventer until the rumble and i still think they could do it with biggie i and i understand that they put nothing in place they had the chance for the survival series and they didn't take it but That's my prediction. I'm sticking with it. That and Derby is Sting's son. Uh, Mr. Ollie Davies, uh, uh, number one fan, uh, best jobber in the world, Jay Dejinho says, you got mailbag. Hello, Denise, and whoever is replacing Luke, probably Adam. Uh, With Raw doing it with raw doing record low ratings in aw beating all three hours of raw in 18 to 49 key demo thank you chopper jj uh is the only way for wwe to be great is for all the mcmahon's and all the kiss ass yes people to no longer be in charge of creative have a great christmas and jam that jam is do we need a change in who is running the show
4: i think based on all the evidence you would have to say yes there has to be a change
2: yeah uh, I, I agree. Like I at this stage, like obviously I you know, we don't want I, I want Vince to retire. I really, really want Vince you to know retire. You don't want
4: it to have to be like the other way, goodbye. Yeah.
2: No, that's the thing is that like, that's I would never hope for that. No, um, yeah, no. But it was like it is he's he's not like every single report that comes out about his creative process. About his business practices, about the way that he kind of formulates, about the kind of atmosphere uh, that sort of still exists around him, like all of this stuff is very like bad for the bad for the show. It's really bad for the show. And I and I you know I'm not saying that if you put Triple H in charge, WWE will be magically better. But like you say, like after all of the evidence that we've seen just over the years of the product getting staler and staler, more stagnant and less creative. Apart from brief bursts of lunacy. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, got to, I've got to agree and it's time for a change at the top. Uh, RLT Sandwich says, hey, I'm literally writing this immediately after watching Dunn versus O'Reilly from NXT this week. Possibly my favorite match of 2020. Still haven't seen it yet. I really need to. Do you think the O'Reilly singles push is breathing new life into the undisputed era? As much as I love Adam Cole, baby, it's nice to see someone else from UE in the spotlight. 100%. I love the kind of the new dynamic of Kylo Riley being the kind of the the student becoming the master thing. Um, like I, I loved his match with Finn Balor before you know the the jaw happened. Um, I he in the Gauntlet Eliminator he was amazing. Like Kylo Riley is one of the best wrestlers on this planet, um, and just like I, I know it's too soon. It's too soon. But Adam Cole versus Kylo Riley, if it happens in NXT, is going to be bonkers good.
4: Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And I love the way that they've been, you know, what they've been doing the last several months with Kyle O'Reilly has been fantastic. And I do agree that, yes, he is breathing a new life into the Undisputed Era because for a long time, the focus was on Adam Cole. But now we're getting to see Kyle O'Reilly shine on his own. And like you mentioned, his match with Finn Balor was fantastic. And then, you know, this match that he had just with Pete Dunne this just last night or two nights ago (laughs) on my time days here. Mm -hmm. um, It's like, that was really good and that one match really elevated the nxt episode as a whole so i mean just more of that man like just keep doing it and like and, and i also don't want to take any credit away from pete dunn because pete dunn man i am such a big fan of his too and it's good when you have multiple guys that you're a fan of multiple guys that you're a you know fan of what they're doing and all of that so i'm very happy with what they're doing with kyle o'reilly
2: Mm. Yeah, NXT feels like after a little period, like in the summer, where it was a little bit kind of like, what's happening? Uh, like NXT of all the promotions feels like it's coming back to sort of normality the most like because it, it's just I, I feel like their setup is the best setup so far, like the intimate setting, but with everyone in their own little pods, so they can get actual like fans you know, still like kind of WWE approved fans, but fans that like you can still get some of like some actual like fandom in the building. Uh, like for me, like the last few takeovers is the closest that it's felt like to like normal, re- like a normal wrestling and still like, it's still light years away from it because NXT takeovers remember, you know, remember Portland? Oh, uh, but yeah, we're we're still light years away from that. But no, I think especially with the kind of promotion of Kyle O'Reilly um, with Pat McAfee being somehow the best promo on NXT right now uh, with the return of shredded Pete Dunne. Yeah, it's like there's a, a whole new sort of main event scene building and carrying crosses back as well. Like it really feel like, oh, NXT's cooking again. There's a lot
4: of potential matchups when you think of guys that can, you know, face face off against Finn. I mean, you still have people like Damian Priest on your roster who really hasn't had his actual, you know, moment. He's been on the precipice, but he hasn't had like, you know, the grand moment just yet. So there is still that. And even, you know, for this week's NXT AEW, I had a lot of people that were like, you know what, this week? NXT was the best show and Mm. I cover both AEW and NXT on the same night and that isn't always like the general consensus people are always like oh I really love AEW like NXT like who even watched right but this week it was totally different everybody was like I really enjoyed NXT and that's good because like you know we've talked about this we need that competition to continue you know building for everything to get better right but I think that they generally put a good show on the, the Pete Dunn Kyle O'Reilly match was fantastic. They have a lot of stars on there and now it's just really finding their place. And this was something that they were lacking for a while, but it seems like they're getting back on track.
2: So, uh, yeah, some injections of amazing talent like Tony Storm and Ember Moon being back immediately like electrifies the women's division. Like all you have to do is just bring back a couple of people and position them in like the right places, and suddenly your roster just seems so much deeper. Like like there was there was there came a point where it was just like oh man NXT is. In. but right now like uh you know when tomato champa was gone for a brief while and that was before karen cross had really took over it really did feel like it was just like keith lee <laughs> like um adam cole cameron grimes and Damien priest it really felt like those were like the, the only guys but um you know it, it, i i'm you know i've got a big soft spot for nxt obviously having done the nxt review for laurie for most of the year so i'm really happy to see nxt sort of coming back uh it's coming back um and uh, matt noble says uh, the barbed wire bush under the ring you could cl- uh, clearly see it a few times in the main event but it was never used or referenced what was that about did joey get injured and therefore it was cut did they run out of time and therefore it was cut has it been placed there as a teaser for something in the future is kenny, kenny arming himself in case just in case mox did come back so apparently there's this barbed wire bush under the ring in the match between Joey. i and didn't
4: notice boy. it to be honest did you i mean i did not
2: no I, I what I have read about the main event is that they were pushed for time so it's very possible that a spot was cut like it ends up sort of being a squash match really um and
4: it wasn't uh, a good match
2: no no it wasn't, wasn't.
4: story driven match Is really what it was but yeah. I think it was what I expected I didn't expect a great match or anything like
2: that yeah is Joey Janela gonna take Kenny Omega to the limit the moment he starts his collector gimmick probably not. no Uh, Chris Duncan says, uh, with Christmas coming up, what have been your favorite festive WWE segments or matches over the year? I don't know why, but I found Alberto Del Rio running over Santa in his car. Hilarious.
4: Total opposite of what you were just talking about earlier today. I don't think I have one, though, do you? And I know you hate the Christmas stuff, so I don't know if you do.
2: I hate the Christmas stuff. Um, I honestly the only one i could think of is, is um steve austin giving santa claus the stunner because that to me is like that's just about enough that's fine it's the idea that santa always has to come in and gets put over i mean oh, yeah sure he got hit by a car but like you know, oh, yeah is... he's
4: getting put over he's getting stunned he's getting put he's getting <laughs> he's getting runned over it's not like he's look
2: look look you know what i mean you know look, i i just don't want it look i I just don't like WWE brand comedy. I just don't. It's 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 mostly very bad. Like if anything's done right, it's done right. Sure, like that. You know, WWE has occasionally made me laugh in the past. Our Truth has occasionally made me laugh in the past. It's just that but you don't know, laugh with- at
4: Our Truth. I laugh at Our Truth all the time. He makes me laugh all the time.
2: I have a complicated relationship with Our Truth, Denise. Like I like some of the stuff that he was doing with Drake Maverick. I like some of his stuff, but like Our Truth. Yeah, I have a complicated relationship with, him, with that man. He's blocked me on Twitter. I mean, um, did he really? No, so he did, yes. <laughs> uh, because people kept saying, like, Adam hates you. And I was it was just because, like, there, so there was so a time. other
4: people got you blocked?
2: Other people got me blocked. Uh, so there was a time way back in the halcyon days of, I think, twenty late 2015, 2016, where our truth was genuinely really objectionable he would just like uh he would like st- he stole Wade Barrett's belt he was on commentary every single week and he wasn't f- he wasn't the funny arse truth that we know he was like doing like kind of comedy sneaking around and talking about potato sacks and uh, and i yeah I never forgave him for that <laughs> like and you know when, when i got onto youtube you know like you say like you know we're, not, we're none of us like this in real life uh you're actually you know you're actually from liverpool in england you just put on this accent you we're all just living a gimmick um and like so one of the gimmick my gimmicks that i had was i hated our truth because i needed a wrestler to hate everyone needs a wrestler to hate you know like you know, it's all part of the, the persona and stuff so i just picked r-truth because he was really annoying me and it just since then everyone's been like oh you hate our truth don't you and i am like nice oh, fine <laughs> he's fine now but like yeah no so that's the kind of but that kind of brand of comedy like that's the christmas level of comedy just like it's rubbish rubbish i can't i generally can't think of any like other than santa being stunned i can't think of any festive stuff i've enjoyed i'm i'm sorry
4: i'm gonna think of you now every time i see (laughs) r-truth
2: good that's what i hope for for you denise every
4: single time now this type of stuff sticks into my brain
2: that is my legacy uh speak so uh the final the final question we have from our mailbag and that's all we have time for this week is from jonathan the headmaster headwind one hello team to quick uh quick last one for you in the spirit of christmas talk about this so he's uh, linked me a um a news story which i'm going to put in the chat there for you to also look at uh and the title of this news story is aew wrestlers reenact a christmas story scenes to celebrate 24 hour movie marathon members of the AEW roster will test their acting chops by recreating scenes from the classic movie a christmas story in support of culture city i mean yeah i
4: saw the pictures and everything for that so i mean i can't wait to see the scenes i guess i didn't watch the trailer though i should have probably watched the trailer or the sneak preview
2: i haven't seen a christmas story what's a christmas story is it like a famous american movie
4: yeah it's a famous and it's funny because i'm the one who hates these types of stuff but yeah christmas story is like really popular it's about this little boy he wants to get like a bb gun or something and he like um i think it was a bb gun he wants some sort of like kid some
2: sort of firearm. Yes, he's little <laughs> little Shane McMahon, sitting like,
4: trying to convince his parents and like Santa Claus to get it for him. And then, God, my my fiance loves this movie. He watches it every year. I sit there and I don't think I retain any of the information from the movie because the only thing that I remember is like the mom makes him wear like a bunch of sweat, like not a bunch of sweater. She makes him wear like a poofy sweater. So he's like walking around all large and the little kid's cute (laughs) he's got glasses and he makes like a like a funny face and so that's the face that mjf's trying to recreate in those pictures but the movie doesn't do anything for me
2: fair cool i mean like yeah i i aew have it like aew have a sense of humor like, I liked the, the Dinner debonair stuff. I know it divided a lot of people, but I, I think AEW genuinely has a sense of comedic swagger to it. You know, the people who write all the kind of subtitles that appear above people's names when they come out. Like, genuinely, like AEW makes me laugh. Like, so fine. Like, it's fine for a good cause. Absolutely, yeah. um, uh, I'm not going to be a Grinch. I'm not. I'm not going to salcedo all over uh, this story. It I'm not going
4: to salcedo all over it. Why would I do that? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I just explained the movie to you.
2: Sounds like something exactly what you'd do, right? Oh, uh, ooh, ooh we've 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 run on a little bit, uh, just because it's 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 such such an enjoyable experience talking to Denise, uh, the Hammer Hollywood salcedo. Uh, di- sorry, the Hollywood Denise, the Grinch, the Hammer Salcedo, all those gimmicks.
4: You know, I'm losing track of all of these gimmicks. I gotta come up with something new for 2021.
2: <laughs> you absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what do. it's
4: gonna be. These things happen naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Other people give them to me. You know, I haven't even assigned any of these myself. Somebody's <laughs> given me all of them.
2: <laughs> you are. Welcome. Uh, right. Uh, that is going to be it from us. Uh, thank you so much for watching this special, very special, Luke-less, uh edition of the WrestleTalk podcast. Make sure you click all of the links that are appearing, including to Denise's Instinct Culture with Denise Salcedo. Make sure you go over there and give that a like and a subscribe, especially for Christmas. Teach Teach Denise the true spirit of Christmas by giving her a subscribe. Make
4: my heart grow bigger.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye.